Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Platinum Pussy Radio. 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 You're listening to Platinum Pussy Radio. different sets of 
curtains because I'm like a really um, big color freak. And so there was a time probably five or six years ago that I had my room in all bright colors. And so I had all this stuff left over. And then today I was just like, you know what? I think the problem is that you're in this space so much because I work from there. I shoot in there. I cam in here. And I just needed something that was like, okay, bitch, it's time to work. Brighten up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a, either just a change of scenery or, you know, spicing up, you know, the room you already use is, is enough to just, feel inspired to shoot, you know, a film or, or whatever it is again, you know? Yeah, but you know what? I've, I've known this my whole life. When I was a kid, my mother never had to tell me to clean my room. Like, I was OCD. My room was spotless. And every weekend, I would rearrange my furniture. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of That's knew. Um, <laughs> I should have known as an adult that when things are the same for too long, I get I don't like it. I need I need it to to change. I need to see the room from a different perspective. And it, it was kind of almost like a an epiphany of my life. Like, okay, maybe it's time to look at things from a different perspective. So it's weird how that is. Perfect. Well, I'm excited uh, to see what you did to it. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell our listeners um, a little bit about yourself and who you are and while you're on Platinum Pussy Radio. Oh, my. Well, my name is Empress Mika. I am a professional femdom. Um, I indulge in femdom fetishes both in clips and live on cam. I'm known to, well, I think I'm known to have a little bit of mischievous fun in my style of uh, female domination. I'm on this radio show because of you, Platinum. Um, oh. <laughs> we met uh, for the the podcast, and you're pretty awesome. So here we are. Well, thank you. Um, the feeling is mutual. I'm really glad. Um, for those that are just tuning in or have, you know, an idea about, I've been lately going on to Webcam Startup, and webcamstartup.com is like a blog, and now it's a podcast that features um Everything from information about webcamming, webcam sites, um, affiliate programs, clip sites. I mean, all of this awesome information about being in the adult industry and being an independent producer and cam model. And so um, Samantha38G had referred me. She says, hey, we have these meetings on Wednesdays, and you should you should just check it out and let me know what you think. And if you like it, then, you know, see where it goes. So I was like, sure. I mean, what's, what's an hour a day? You know what I mean? Like an hour out of my time to be around, you know, people that are pretty much the same as me. All of us are, you know, struggling or working hard, not necessarily struggling, but we're working hard to be, you know, successful in the same industry. So I jumped in and lo and behold, I meet Empress Mika, who was Princess Mika at the time but has since then um, been promoted. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we just realized we had a lot in common, even though we were so different in so many ways, but there were so many things about us that complemented each other and and were similar. So it was um, almost, 
I wouldn't say an instant bond, but definitely um, we bonded thereafter. And I was like, you know, i got to have her on my show. So speaking of that, tell us a little bit about your reason or your inspiration to change from Princess Mika to Empress Mika and maybe tell us a little bit about any um, difficulties you encountered throughout that transition. Well, you know, it was kind of how you described how you needed to change your cam room or office room, you know, it just kind of got a little stale. <laughs> I just felt like I outgrown the name princess. You know, for me, I felt like a princess when I first began in the industry. And I just felt like the name princess, you know, what it meant to me, it didn't quite fit anymore. It, it just wasn't quite accurate. Um, when I had first, you know, entered in, I was all about the fuck you, pay me, loser, ha, ha, ha. And I've, you know, I still enjoy that, of course, but I, I feel I've definitely really grown and evolved from that. And Empress just sort of encaptures all of that. And it was definitely um, very much inspired by the relationships that I had developed with my with my slaves. So it's a it's both a reflection of um, my evolution in Fenton as well as just a just a celebration in a way of you know how. Um, not the right way to say this, just a reflection, maybe, instead of a reflection of um, the relationships that I have developed with my slaves. Right. You know, I, I wanted to say that, um, you know, your slave um, has jumped into the webcam startup um, chat a couple of times, and you do have a very unique relationship um, with your slaves, which is something I have to say I admire because, one of the things I think that we encounter when you get into the femdom world is immediately it seems like everything has to be about degradation and abuse, and there's a very intimate side of femdom that is often unseen and not displayed as frequently as the um, the more sadistic side of femdom. So having seen that relationship that you have and you saying um, a little bit about how he was overweight and had lost weight because you had, you know, instructed him to or inspired him to, and that was just a very um, fulfilling moment for me, like, wow, you know, I never, I never looked at it like that. I always looked at it from the perspective that, you know, we – are they, they come to us for that verbal abuse or they come to us for these, you know, humiliation, but they also come to us for other things and we just don't realize it because we're so engrossed in the the typical aspect of femdom world. So I want to say that was pretty cool. Like that was an eye-opener for me because I felt like I was probably missing that part of my domination role as well. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's, I just at least from my experience in the industry, it's rather rare. Most of the time, you know, at least in the online world, you know, the subs are looking for that quick release, you know, that humiliation, you know, whatever it is, you know, whatever fetish it is that they're looking to explore or get off to. Um, so it's actually really rare to find someone that's actually, you know, at least from my perspective, a real actual submissive that's, you know, truly going to submit to you and is, you know, willing to, you know, change his life to, you know, make himself a better sub for you, to serve you better. 
that is very rare. And I'm, um, I feel very lucky, very fortunate to have found that in a few people uh, online. And for sure that, that definitely goes back to, you know, just evolution and um, going from princess to empress. So it's unfortunately quite rare, but uh, I guess that's what makes it even more unique and special. Absolutely. So throughout your transition, did you experience any difficulties in terms of rebranding and, you know, moving everything to this Empress Mika versus Princess Mika? It wasn't too bad. I mean, I kept all the same stores. So, you know, it it wasn't something that I was like a hard, you know, name change. You know, it wasn't like from Princess Mika to Empress, like, you know, some other name. Um, I kept the logo the same, except, you know, I changed Princess to Empress, you know, the same Twitter, same everything, you know, so people could easily see the transition. Uh, I guess the biggest challenge was just changing the URLs. And I guess just the risk itself where you're not, you know, quite sure how it's going to be perceived, you know, are people going to be inconvenienced by this? Are they not going to understand it? You know, just those types of things. But uh, lucky for me, it's been really well received. I've received um, nothing but positive feedback from it. You know, there's a lot of people that said that it just seems to fit so much better. I assume they mean, you know, just my look, you know, it fits better. Um, for my look, my personality, one person said that, it, you know, it seems like I'm even more in charge, which <laughs> I don't know what that means. So I, I was always um, definitely in charge. But uh, it's, it's been overall a positive experience despite, you know, the initial work it was to change everything over. Yeah. I, I The reason why I say that is because one of the things that I think that as performers, and I myself have considered it many a times because my name is so, like, my name is Pornish. Like, there's no doubt when you say Platinum Pussy that I'm involved in the adult industry. Like, it's not one of those names that could be like, yeah, it's on my birth certificate. So (laughs) it's pretty obvious and blatantly offensive to some. And I've thought about rebranding. And, you know, I've always questioned, like, I've spent 13 years branding myself as Platinum Pussy. Like, what type of difficulties would I face changing my name to like maybe platinum something I don't know I wouldn't even I don't even know what I would change my name to so I was always curious like what type of things would become an issue so uh, for me I think it's just I'm stuck with this name I I picked it was great for marketing and and like SEO and things like that but it's not the type of name that someone can say, hi, meet my friend Platinum Pussy. Immediately people are like, what? <laughs> so yeah. I definitely, um, I, I was always interested to hear, like when you did the name change, it was just like overnight, like bam. It was like a genie. Like you rubbed a genie bottle and was well, like, oh. I, <laughs> I have planned, I, you know, it was planned out um, for a while. And so when I was ready, you know, I basically sent, the tweet out and you know I it was just a matter of switching to the URLs I had already made a new like intro slide and things like that and I think just keeping the same store um, made things a lot easier you know especially um, you know clips for sale if you make a new store you have to have 10 clips and you know starting that process all over again I think would have made it even more difficult but uh, for the most part it was it was pretty smooth I just changed my URLs and that was 
pretty much it. It was, <laughs> it was um, painless. It was just um, time-consuming, I guess, just to to switch, you know, the URLs and, and things like that around and put the old URLs to redirect to the new ones. Well, that's what you have slaves for. <laughs> so congratulations exactly. on your... <laughs> Well, you know, I have to make sure um, that it's done right and, you know, test them myself. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Giving you a hard time. Um, So that leads me to my next question. So domsource.com, D-O-M-M-E-S-O-U-R-C-E.com. Tell us how that came into fruition and what inspired that particular project. Well, I always like to keep myself busy. Um, It was, DomSource originally started just because of my own experiences when I had first entered into the world of female domination. There was very, it was tough. There was hardly any information. Um, There were some Twitter promoters and they never, like, they never promoted me. They never retweeted me. You know, it, it was definitely pretty difficult at first. So I basically wanted to solve that problem. I, I saw that you know, this was a thing, and I, I just wanted to help um, more, you know, women, femdoms, get more easily get into the industry if they if they wanted to, while at the same time providing that, you know, reality check, because I'm sure, as you know, as well, many women get into femdom thinking that it's really just easy money, and of course it's not, <laughs> um, at least not always, right? Um, it is a real job, and I did want to provide this information to, you know, at least help um, avoid any confusion and first starting out. Um, so those are like the two primary reasons, I guess three um, primary reasons that I started uh, DomSource. What makes DomSource different than other uh, femdom or uh, fetish BDSM type sites? As far as I know, I don't think there's any website like DomSource. If, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think there is. DomSource is unique in that it specifically targets, you know, women that want to do femdom online, you know, in clips and camming. So that, you know, it's just a resource for that type of information and how to navigate through all of that. It can definitely be overwhelming. And especially... Um, like for me, I, I had mentioned that promoters didn't promote me. I was very, I was just like, you know, is there something wrong with me? Do I not have the look? Like, what is going on here? And I really just felt shitty. So I, you know, I, I wanted to create a place where everyone can be, you know, promoted, um, especially when you're first getting started in Femdom. Just have it be just a positive experience of being promoted and having all of that information in one place on the web. Now, I know you had mentioned previously that it's one of the only sites, if not the only site, that has a combination of both doms and submissive slaves. Is that true? Yes. It's primarily meant to be towards, you know, mostly newer uh, femdoms, but it does have a section in it for subs. Um, Subs can also uh, be interviewed. There's information for subs, like how to be a better sub. Um, you know, just on the off chance, there's a really good submissive out there that you know, wants to learn and be a good boy. Um, unfortunately, that's pretty rare. They like to learn the hard way. <laughs> but I do um, <laughs> include those 
resources there just, you know, to be inclusive. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, go ahead and do your um, promotional stuff. Tell, um, give us your Twitter, your websites, and all your plugs. My Twitter and Instagram is at yes, Empress Mika. Uh, my website is EmpressMika.com. And you can also visit DomSource at uh, DomSource.com. And if you are a um, if you're just getting into femdom or, you know, if you're experienced, I would love to interview you on DomSource, put you up on the directory, I think. Is that all my stuff? <laughs> yeah, you, they, you definitely – and it was pretty fast. Like, you fill out the paper – like, there's a contact form and a bunch of questions, which was very um, to the point. I think that the method was um, pretty on point. And then you submit the pictures, and your links go up, and you get a profile, and it was done pretty quickly. So, you know, very – the site itself is very educational as well. I've um, been kind of browsing and reading some of the information that you have on there, which I definitely appreciate because I'm a sucker for research. Like, I love – I never feel like I've mastered anything too much to the point that I can't have a little bit of room to learn something. And so – I love femdom, the femdom world, because it's so, like, I've been living a dominant life my whole life, but I just didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was interesting to, and you know what's funny, it's porn that, like, brought that to my attention. Like, once I got into porn and I was like, I really don't even like the porn part. I like the femdom part. Like, I had an interest, and it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about... Um, I mean, it's nice to get paid, but in the in the interim of the in the the long term perspective was that it's those relationships that you develop with people that really admire you and really want to give you everything that they have. Like I thought it was just you know the fantasy part, but there are like you said, there are rare slaves and submissives out there that truly and genuinely want to give you everything. Their life is about you. So that was that was definitely intriguing for me because I had very little experience with relationships outside of, like, my family. You know what I mean? Like, when it came to friends and relationships um, male-wise, like, I was just, like, one of those, you know, easy-to-cut-someone-off type thing. I never really had that that investment. I was like, oh, okay, well, this isn't working out. Thanks, and have a good life. Moving along. <laughs> <laughs> through the femdom world I was able, yeah I, but you know I just I lived a life where I moved a lot as a as a teenager or as a child like my whole life I moved a lot so getting to know people only became a hurtful situation when two years later you had to uproot your life and move somewhere else across country so for me I developed this whole it's cool we're we're really close while we're together but when it's time for me to have to get up out of here um it's nice knowing you. And, of course, this is before the Internet, where now people just add you on Facebook and you can still, you know, nurture that relationship. Back then you had to talk to them on the phone and you had long distance. <laughs> so me being a kid, I couldn't really body. And then you had to write letters. Like you literally had to write letters. And I didn't, I didn't buy stamps. So <laughs> this posed a problem for me. Now, you know, it's a lot different. But, like I said, through the femdom world, I was able to discover this 
you know, ability to connect with people on a deeper level and realize that it was more than just, you know, hi, bye, thank you, ma'am, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am type thing. So thank you so much for everything. You are awesome. I I have a lot of love for you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, thank you for coming on the show. We are going to go ahead and move into our next segment. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for having me. I will, I guess, see you on Wednesday. You sure will. I'll be there. I didn't go this Wednesday because I had to do my Valentine's camming. That was a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) But I will see you Wednesday. Thanks a lot. You're listening to Platinum Pussy Radio. We just listened, to, or you just listened to an interview with Empress Mika from DomSource.com, and we are going to move into our next. I'm going to go ahead and just play the full song. Um, actually, I'm not. I'm, I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm going to play another song that obviously all of tonight's songs stem around our topic, which I'm getting ready to go into with our guest host, Mistress Pimpstress Thick, who should be calling in any minute now. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and play um, this song, which is another one of my favorite stalker songs. But here we go. And I was like... Why you so sexy? I guess y'all the man, he don't got you no more. So just like Pinocchio, his nose gon' grow. Gucci, man, Mariah Carey, green, blah, wow. I wish I had a lot to take the dish right now. He hit my girl word. Oh, that's what you heard. He know he a bird. I know he a nerd. Kiss me in the A with a bad yellow bone. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, diamond chain zone. All up in the block, say we met at the bar. When I don't need it, no, you are. In your house, and I'm up with your car. But you in LA, and I'm out at your main. You up in the A, yeah. you so so lame. Yeah. I know one Mine. here, even that's just your name. Uh. It must be the weed, it must be the E. Cause you be popping, heard you get it popping. Uh. Oh, uh. Uh, I'm a corporation, uh, I'm a press conference, you a conversation uh, 
Hey, Pimpstress Mistress is in the house. It's my BFF. Hello, girlfriend. How are you? I'm good. How are you, darling? I'm excited that you're on the show with me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> can you hear me loud and clear? Am I, I coming I can hear through? you loud and clear. Awesome so, um, sauce. We are talking tonight about stalking. Oh, and my goodness. I have been talking. Go ahead. I was going to say I've been talking about that for the past week now because I've been dealing with a real-life situation. So, whew. Well, that is definitely what inspired tonight's topic. I wasn't sure what I wanted to talk about because some of the things that I had on my list hadn't been announced yet and they didn't get announced until um, earlier today, so I didn't know for sure. So I was, like, in limbo, like, what the fuck are we going to – what am I going to talk about? And then when I talked to you on the phone and you were like, bitch, which is how every conversation always starts with us. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you were like, I got to I gotta tell you what happened. And then I was like, yo, that makes for a fucking a, – a great topic. So – Tell yeah, us a little it bit is. Your it is. And why the stalking topic is um, what we're going to be talking about tonight. Give us a little. Give us a little feedback. I mean, a little uh, backstory. Okay, so um, I have been a pro dominatrix now since 2010. I've been in this lifestyle much longer, but professionally since 2010. And um, when I came into this industry. You know, as everyone comes in as a professional, you're a baby dog. You don't know everything. You don't, you know, you're building relationships. You're still growing into yourself. You're still finding your confidence. You're still finding yourself, in essence, as a dom. So I met a slave around that time. And I actually, you know, um, hit it off with the slave and welcomed him into my space, and he kind of served me on a regular basis. He was one of my, I would actually have to say he was one of my first 50. He was one of the first 50. Let's narrow it down because let's say first 48 because I like that better. sounds better. So you're one of the first 48 <laughs> that have served me. <laughs> and, um, you know, things were going well. And um, there was an instance where he wanted to serve me on one night when he wanted, and I was like, no. And we just couldn't come to an agreement or a meeting in the minds. He actually called me out my name and called me a hoe. I said, what? He didn't say you a hoe, but what he said was, he was like, wow, mistress, you're going to treat me like this? Well, if you want to be a hoe for the rest of your life, then so be it. I was like, oh, my God. Don't ever fucking contact me again. You are banished. Done. I am done. I don't even want to know you're alive. So that was 2011. Yeah, around 2011, 2012. Now, this particular slave, he never went away. He was in the background. He contacted me through other profiles, and I still told him, do not contact me. So over... Since 2012 to this year, 2018, this motherfucker has contacted me under various profiles. Um, some, he would introduce himself and say, hey, Mr. is me. I want to know if I can, you know, come back. I'd immediately block him, ban him, 
and move on. And then there were some profiles, a lot of them, where he was approaching me as a whole completely new individual. He has never had conversation with me before, and he's never been in my presence. And I would say over the course of that six-year period, he probably created maybe 70 to 100 profiles to do that. Of course, maybe three different platforms, Collar Space, FetLife, and Alt. So, you know, this is, he's one of the reasons why my process is autonomous. And you have to, no matter how you contact me, there's only one entry point. Everyone's directed right back to the same entry point, which is mistressstick.com. So I, there's a reason why I have a process now, and he's part of that. Now, over that six-year period, obviously he never got into my space. He never got to serve me again, and I kept spotting the fake profiles. So what he decided to do is since he couldn't gain access through me, he watched my circle, and he knew my circle is Mistress Unknown. He knows that's my partner in crime. And here's the thing, though. If it would have been, if he was, if this would have been Baltimore, he would have probably tried to penetrate through you. But, you know, anyway, <laughs> the point is, it <laughs> right. came through here. <laughs> and he tried to penetrate and get access to someone else. So he serves Mistress Unknown. He's serving her, you know, over a course of a couple of months. Things seem to be going well. And she decides to, you know, we share everything. And we even have, we even co-own some slaves together. So she's excited about this guy. And she's like, listen, I got the slave, and I want to introduce you to him. And, you know, maybe he could be a video boy, and maybe he could do this, and he's got potential. And I'm like, okay. And as she's describing him, I'm like, he sounds familiar. I don't know. I think I may have met this one. But in my head, I'm thinking that, but I don't say that. So she tells me about the boy, then she says, I'm going to invite him over. So he con- she contacts him, and he said, and she says to him, "Listen, boy, Mr. Stick is here. Um, I'm going to introduce you to my sister in this lifestyle. You're gonna, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, and you're gonna come over and you're gonna serve. And I want you to be here at this time." He at this point has to come clean and says, "Mistress, I can't serve." And she's like, "Why?" And he was like, "Because Mr. Stick said if she ever saw me again in person, she would hurt me." <laughs> This is unknown. Like, that's deep. Because that's, that's what I told him. I was like, yo, if I see you again, it's a wrap. Like, I'm a, a, like it's going to be paramedics called. Like, don't come in my presence. Don't come to my play space. Nothing. So this fool has to now come clean to Mistress Unknown. So he, she tells, he tells his version of the story. I now know who he is, and I tell her my version. So she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So when I tell her what happened, she's like, no problem. I'm going to nip this in the butt for you, girl. I got you. I got this. I was like, okay. So in my head, I'm like, all right, hopefully she can nip this in the butt. But in my head, I'm also like, this motherfucker's been doing this crazy shit for six years. It's probably not going to stop. But I'm going to give my sister the benefit of the doubt. So she has him come over. I am at home. She is at the place base. She calls me. And while he's there in front of her, she tells him to apologize to me and to promise to never contact me again. He promises he's never contacted me again. He'll never bother me again. I'll never hear from him again. Um, I'm like, okay, cool, no problem. So a couple of weeks go by, and 
um, the dynamic between him and Mistress Unknown falls apart, doesn't work. Um, I don't know the specifics as to why, but it just doesn't work. So now this motherfucker, you know, he now knows where the play space is, and now he is out of her reign because he is no longer serving her, so he's out there just. So now um, instead of me being, you know, living in fear or, you know, worrying about this motherfucker, I decided to just ramp up my travel schedule. No problem. I'll spend a little less time in New York. And let him sit and watch. And for me, when I'm not going to be there, I'm going to be traveling the world. So if you notice, a lot of people um, noticed last year my travel schedule picked up. And that's one of the reasons why. Because I was dealing with a real-life motherfucking stalker. So instead of giving this motherfucker power or acknowledging that, you know, or allowing him to impact me or how I operate, I decided to to, to um to operate and think just a little bit differently and 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 um the same but process things differently so instead of working you notice I spent a lot of time in Baltimore with the BFF last year spent a lot of time in Europe last year and it was wonderful it was the best thing I could have ever did picked up a couple of extra conventions great so now let's fast forward to this week February 2018 is the day of reckoning is what we're going to call it because this motherfucker has the goal, the audacity, the gumption to contact me again. And when he contacts me, you know, I, I recognize and I realize it's him and I'm like, oh, boy. So I immediately am triggered and I go into that, you know, nasty black girl Shaking my head. I was I was in it. I was dosing him. I was dosing him. I was verbally eviscerating him over the phone. And I said, you know, and I'm thinking, as I'm doing this, I'm like, this shit has not been years. So you know what? Something's gotta change. So I hung up the phone with him and I spoke with Mistress Unknown and I hit her up. I was like, yo, you listen, what are you doing? She's like, nothing. I'm like, Are you ready for you ready for this blackmail game? You ready for this kidnap? interrogation, beat the fuck out of a motherfucker and and really make him pay and feel some retribution. And she was like, yes, what you got in mind? <laughs> I was like, okay, it's on. So I tell her, you know, and she's like, no problem. So I call him back and I say, after I verbally eviscerate him, never come and see me again, never contact me, don't never serve me. I call him back and I say, you know, I just spoke to Mistress Unknown. And she said, I'm being a little too hard on you. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to I want you to send me $200 in the cash app. And I want you to um, get yourself over here and um, be here in an hour and a half. I want you to be here an hour and a half. Um, that, so it's 8 o'clock, 10.30. 10.30, I want you to be here. And you're going to bring another $200 with you in cash. Okay, no problem, Mistress. And that was how it ended. So he contacts me. He's like, I need the address. I get the address down the street. He comes. He contacts me. Now, I told him to be here at 1030. I get a call at 1020. This motherfucker is outside. So Mistress Unknown, she says, okay, we, we already did, laid out our game plan while we were waiting for him. We already knew what we were going to do, and I even took my phone out and record, began to record on my phone to tell the document what has happened, the backstory, and what is about to happen in a couple of minutes when this guy gets here. 
So told my my story on my made my little video log, and Mistress Unknown is dressed in her hoodie, her dashiki, her sneakers, and her jeans. She's real hood. She's an enforcer, and me, I'm dressed in six inch heels. And I got my leather, my corset, you know, my stockings, makeup done, nails done, beautiful. Because I want, you know, I'm the trap. That's the whole, that's how this is going down. I'm in the equalizer, the trap, and she is the enforcer, the muscle. (laughs) So our plan is when he gets here, she's going to see where he parks, and I'm going to have him come in. He comes in. She sees where he parks. She's like, she's hiding. Now she's hiding in the bathroom. I have him come in. I get the money. I make him kneel on the floor. I instruct him to strip. I instruct him to fold his clothes in a nice, neat little pile and leave them on a chair. I proceed to grab his clothes, and um, I move them to the other side of the room. And then I grab the handcuffs, and I begin to restrain him, the, the leather cuffs. I restrain his wrists and his ankles, and then I grab a tea ring, and I restrain him in a hog tie. So those that don't know what a T-ring is, it makes your leather cuffs, individual cuffs, a hog tie. So he's virtually like a fucking turtle on his back, but he's on his stomach laying on the floor, and he's waiting for me. So he's now restrained, and everything is good. I then pick up his clothes, and I take them out of the room, you know, just casually take them out of the room. But what I'm doing is I'm actually throwing them to Mistress Unknown. So she got his clothes, and she gets the keys, drops the clothes, and she's out the door. So I now go back into the place where I close the door, and I start talking to him. And, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm like, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be contained, but I don't know. I, just, I, just, I guess I was too transparent because my anger just started to come out. So then I'm sitting here, and I'm, look, I'm as he's restrained, I'm like, you know, hit smoking on my vape. I'm like, yeah, you should have never came back here. You should have never contacted me again. But you'll learn today. Yeah, today I think uh, you'll. And he's like getting, he's like looking at me, like getting scared. Like, you know, he's breathing differently. And he's like, you know, little trying to look do a little bit of a struggle now in the restraint. And he's like, you know, mistress, I'm thinking I'm just going to go now. And I'm like, oh, no, no, you you back. You know, you're back now. So, you know, this. You're here, and you're you're restrained, and now you're going to take your medicine. And he's like, and he starts, you know, getting nervous. He's like, mistress, you know, I, I'm really not feeling well, and I'm, I'm not feeling, I'm feeling like this is something, and I think, I, I think I'm just going to go. Can you let me go? Can you let me go? And I'm like, nah, that's not going to happen. So now he's trying to wriggle his way out of the leather cuffs, but he can't do that. So I said, you know, just to taunt him, I said, go ahead, I'll let you try to get out. I won't even bother you. And the little motherfucker was a little escape artist. He actually tried to, you know, he actually got the cuff a little loose. So I I walk over and I secure it and I said, psych, you're not going anywhere. And I then put my knee in his back. So now he's getting nervous. And he's like, mistress, you know, my back is hurt, my shoulder's hurting. I really, you know, need to get released out of this position. I'm like, nah. I don't feel like releasing you, and um, you're going to have to take your medicine. And you should have never came back. I told you to never contact me. Saying that, bam, Mistress Unknown kicks the door open, and she's got a phone recording. And she's like, here I am, bitch. <laughs> so I 
can just see the visual. Tall. Like, it, while you're telling the story, even for the second time, when you said it the first time, I could just visually see, like, this whole thing playing out. <laughs> well, girl, the good thing so is without all the details, video documented. The moral mm-hmm. of the story is you taught him he a lesson. got his medicine. We taught him a lesson, and um, it was not what he expected. He will never harass or stalk another woman again. But, you know, after everything went down, because like we said, we won't go into all the specifics and all the details, because, you know, if you wasn't on my Snapchat and if you wasn't on IG Live, then you missed this. I didn't bring this over to Twitter. I didn't bring this over to my timeline. This was this is impromptu. It was as it was happening. So those people that were following me on IG and Snapchat, they saw it all go down like, oh, my God. But at, but at the end, you know, when I'm having a heart-to-heart to him, with him and I'm talking to him, and I'm like, you know, what didn't you get through your head? You know, that you, you, you cannot harass and stalk a woman. That is not okay. When someone doesn't want to be bothered with you or doesn't want you in their space, accept that and move on. You can't force yourself there. And he says, well, I don't think I'm not, I wasn't stalking you, and it wasn't harassment because I didn't want to hurt you. You know, I didn't want to be – there was no violence involved. I just wanted to serve you. And it clicked for me that, you know, these motherfuckers really – don't understand stalking and boundaries. And there needs to be like a real fucking re-education to men on, on, on boundaries, on, on what is acceptable and what they can and cannot do. Now, because of his logic, you know, me and you, this is what brought the topic up about having this on your show, is because it, it's mind-boggling that, you know, he doesn't, perceive what he's doing as stalking because he doesn't have any malicious intent. He doesn't want to hurt me. He doesn't want to see any ill will. He just wants to be in my presence and wants to serve me. That's how he looks at it. But because I don't want to serve, I don't want him serving me and I don't want him in my presence. He feels, you know, he's just going to do what he can to put himself there. But that's the same as someone who wants to hurt me because they're, they're both people are violating the, my consent of them accessing, of them having access to me and my world. So there's really no difference between either individual. Just both have two different mindsets. So this is what triggered me and Platinum's conversation on, develop, on you know, bringing this on the topic on the show, is that, that psyche, that, 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 that mindset, thought that that the way that he was thinking <clears throat> about how he was approaching me, he thought he was showing me love. And it's really warped. But I can I can on a certain level comprehend what he was saying to me. But I definitely know what he was doing was unwanted and unwelcome. So regardless of how he felt and what his motives were and what his intent was, it was undesired by me. So that negates the whole shit. But, yeah, this is a deep-ass topic that these guys, they really don't know. A lot of them don't know boundaries. A lot of them think 
or, or don't even understand what stalking and harassment is. Like he didn't, I had to read the definition of stalking to this individual so he can realize like how you were approaching me, how everything that you did, definition, stalking. Well, that's the thing. Like here we for are. anyone listening, the definition of stalking has nothing to do with the intent to do harm. It has to do with being or placing yourself in the presence of someone or pursuing someone who does not wish to be in your presence or to be contacted by you. That is what stalking is. The dangerous, you know, the intent of harm is when it turns into a whole other crime. Exactly. But it, it, it's amazing, and it makes me wonder how many other men out there are thinking like this. Like, okay, I want her, I love her, she's so beautiful, I'm just going to show her how much I love her. No matter how much she doesn't want my love, I'm still just going to show her how much I love her. I don't care how much it's unwelcome or unwanted, I just want to show her. Like, I wonder how many men don't realize that they're harassing an individual when they are sharing their unwanted affection with someone who doesn't want your affections, who doesn't want to reciprocate it. But, yes, just so you can, um, just to confirm what you were saying, the definition stalk, the verb um, is to pursue or approach stealthily. Um, motherfucker, when you are creating six to seven profiles, you know, on our average just to communicate with me, you are pursuing me stealthily. That's stalking. Definitely. Stalking, that's out of control. Like, who has that kind of time? And that's another thing, because that's a whole other type of crazy, where you can actually sit and create, you know, on a, on an average, every, every one to two months, six or seven profiles, just to talk to me as different individuals. Like, that's a whole another level of crazy. But to make a long story short, the stalker got his got his just dessert. And now the stalker has been reduced to the prey. He he ran into two real ones. He didn't know what was going to happen. And now, now he is indebted to me. And I told him, since you didn't want to leave when you were told to leave, since you didn't want to exit my space when I told you to get the fuck out, now you don't have an option. Now you're indebted to me. Now you're going nowhere. So um, I own him, and I <laughs> and um, I'm going to going to use these you words because I use them. You always own I them. You just didn't him. know it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But his thing, I own him because I'm going to blackmail him into being a better slave, a better man, and a better individual. And I hate to say and use that term. In this way, like, you know, because it is a negative connotation, but at the end of the day, it's going to have a positive motherfucking impact on this world. So, yes, I am blackmailing him to be a better slave, a better man, and a better individual, because obviously this person needs that. Right. Well, see, that's... And that's so the moral of the sizzle... I'm sorry. Go ahead. What Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, the moral of the story is don't fuck with... Someone, even if you're crazy, don't fuck with someone who can up your crazy. Because I can up some motherfucking crazy. All right, that's it. <laughs> don't step to my BFF is what she's saying. <laughs> don't step to her. <laughs> He's not the only one 
exactly. <laughs> no. So any that comes over anybody, anybody who attempts to encroach upon my circle, my space, and those loved ones that uh, that occupy that circle in that space, you gonna have a problem. You gonna have a problem with a real crazy bitch. That's why I love you. But here's I the love thing. you more. I did a little bit of research on the psyche of stalkers, and I think a lot of it goes back to obviously females are stalkers, but they're different kind of stalkers. They're more of like love stalkers. Men are physical stalkers, and women don't want they don't want you to know they're stalking them. Where men want you to know, it's a, so for men it's more of a control thing, and for women it's more for attention. So. I think what happens in some of the things that I've read is that men have a, a, a self-entitlement problem. Like, they feel mm-hmm. a sense of entitlement, and they feel like they are They feel they can own women. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I think this is – I was just telling someone, because they were like, well, you never really talk about politics or religion on your shows or on your – like on your social media, and I was like, really? Because I don't agree with any of it. You know what I mean? Like I don't feed into that shit. I think that life is way more simple. I think we make it more complex than it has to be, and we're brainwashed. The general public is brainwashed, and men are completely brainwashed because they think that they have to be in control, they think they have to be in power, and they feel like they own women, and that has a lot to do with the stalking is like, I, if I want to call you, I'm going to call you, and there's nothing you can do about it. If I <laughs> <Right>. want to, <laughs> like, it don't matter. And, you know, you the thing about it is, interlude, and, and the, 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 it joins with porn. They especially look at sex workers as less than a regular woman, and therefore they feel like they really own anybody who's a sex worker, and that whole entitlement is why a lot of sex workers are treated the way that they're treated because that, you know, that control and power and self-entitlement plays a part. Like, I've had a lot of guys that are like, oh, well, I don't, you know, like, basically, in, even though they don't say it outright, basically their comment is, I don't have to respect you because you're a sex worker. So in their eyes, I already don't respect myself when it's quite the opposite. No, motherfucker. I respect myself enough to know that anything that has to do with me, my mind, my body, my conversation, whatever, my attention, my affection, has a monetary value to it. How is it, so if I'm a slut, I get more respect than if I'm a a sex worker who puts a a price tag on the things that I provide, the fantasies and, and all of the things that I provide, how how does that make me less than? If anything, it's more empowering because for me personally, I found so many great things out of being a sex worker. I am confident. I've found um, mental peace. I've found happiness. I've found stability. I've become a better business person. I've become more of a responsible adult. I've even become a better mother because of being in the sex industry. So how the fuck am I treated less than because I bettered myself through something that should have been in the eyes of the public, something that demeans me or, you know, like they they say, oh, porn stars are all drug addicts and they're, you know, sex addicted and this, that, and the third. I've had less sex in the sex industry than I did when I was not in the sex industry. 
I think a lot more now about sexual health than I did before I got into the sex industry. And I'm not saying that I was Mm -hmm. fucking people raw, but I definitely, I did it out of, for different reasons. You know what I mean? Like, I was more concerned about getting pregnant or, you know, I didn't want to catch a disease, but it didn't have the same significance or impact as it does now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you become a sex worker... That male entitlement is, I said, that male entitlement, though, that is what keeps them thinking that, you know, this behavior is okay and that their money uh, allows them the space to treat us or any individual who occupies this space as a provider. Oh, you, I'm paying for this. Oh, I'm paying. So you do what I say. And first of all, I have. In anybody on the level of sex work, I'm not a provider because I'm a I'm a professional dominatrix. So everything is going to be on my terms. If anything, you're providing. You're the service provider. You're just paying me for the honor to to, to provide your service. So that's how <laughs> I look at it. <laughs> but um, you know, in fetish, in BSM, things are you know, kind of flipped on its ear, but. You know, to go back to the the, the stalking definition, you know, I said it was to pursue pursue or approach stealthily. I just want to read the synonym on here because the synonyms is mad funny. So the synonyms for stalking is creep up on, to trail, to follow, to shadow, be after, to hunt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You, for real. So here we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to finish talking about stalking. And I want to talk about how it's changed, where back in the day you had to stalk somebody, like, in person, but now with the the evolution of technology, the internet. now stalking has taken on all new forms and definitely changed. So we're going to go ahead and play a song and take a little quick break, and we'll be right back. Continuing to talk to our guest host, my BFF, Mistress Pimpstress Sick and Stalkers. Ew. You're listening to Platinum Pussy Radio. 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 I pay the price. All I wanted to be 
And we return with Mistress Pimpster Stick, and we are talking about stocking. Welcome back. Thank you, thank you. So just to revisit this story, I do not advocate vigilantism, and I do not suggest any female do what I did. I am not promoting that you handle situations like this. In fact, just so you know, I don't even think that two women should handle a situation like this. And me and Mistress Anone were smart enough to know that, which is why we had two additional bulls here in the background waiting uh, to in case anything really popped off. So um, with that being said, Again, I don't suggest anyone handle a situation or stalk or this way. I definitely suggest you go to the police. This is just how I handled my situation, and um, this is what was right for me. So I just want to reiterate that. I don't want people to think, oh, she's out there advocating vigilantism. Uh, no, I am not. I'm just a vigilante myself, but y'all do. <laughs> I'm not saying y'all do the same. <laughs> I mean, but how would you fill that police report out? Like, I could just imagine being like, um, yes, I'm a professional dominatrix, and I um, fucked this guy in the asshole six years ago, and he just won't stop coming around. Like, how do you, how do you fill out this police report? And they're looking at you like, that, are you crazy right that's now? That's what I'm going to have to tell them. That's what I'm going to have to tell Like, you know, at the end of the day, you can't, you know, withholding those details are not going to help me. So I, they need to know. Like, if I had to go to the police, like, let's let's keep it 100. If I had to take the situation to the police, you know, instead of the hood retribution that I dished out, if I had to take this to the police, I would. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I go to hood retribution first. That's just me because, you know, that's, you know, I, I yeah but to the hood to get retribution, then I would have to take this to the police, to the authorities. And taking this, something like this to the authorities is only going to be beneficial to be as forthcoming as you possibly can. So if that means revealing to the police that you are a sex worker, then you're going to reveal to the police that you're a sex worker because that's going to help them obtain the individual who is obviously violating your consent or trying to you know, encroach upon your space. So yeah, um, anyone in, anyone having this situation, that would be my advice to you as your first recourse instead of taking this into your own hands. Absolutely. So as we were talking about previously, um, where and I actually was telling um, Empress Mika when I was interviewing her, like we were talking about how. I was very disconnected in my relationships up until probably um, six or seven years ago when I became um, more involved in the femdom world. And I told her that, you know, I kind of developed a more, um, a better connection with intimacy because as a kid, I moved a lot. So I didn't really connect. I mean, I connected with people, but I disconnected very easily because I had to. You know, and back then, in order to stay in contact with somebody, you had to mail them a letter or you had to call them, and you had long distance. So if I moved across the country, I couldn't call you because it would be a long-distance phone call, and my mother wasn't having that. So 
the, the ability to stay in contact with people back then was a lot different. The same thing is happening with stalkers. Like before, you really had to put in the footwork almost literally. But now right. you, can cre- you can create a social media profile and hide behind fake pictures and, you know, a fake profile. And we see it on Catfish all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Internet provides that anonymity um, for motherfuckers to operate and do some fuckery and some bullshit. And um, you're absolutely right. You know, once back in the day, you know, to know that you was going to the movies, I had to fucking sit outside your house, watch you get in your car, follow you to the movie theater to see that you was going to the movies. But now, because of social media, I can simply go on Instagram or your IG, I mean, or your Twitter or your Snapchat, wherever you're using, and simply see, oh, she's going to the movies? No problem. Let me see. I know she's over here by AMC 12 and Bayside. Let me go right over here and see if I see her. <laughs> and it makes <laughs> it makes it it makes it um easy for people to stalk you. It makes it easy for people to pursue you when you're when you don't even know that they are pursuing you. And it's not like you know we're putting this information out there for people to pursue us. You know we're just living our lives, enjoying, thinking we're sharing our experiences, but unfortunately, people take that information that you're sharing and tend to use it to enter your life, to use it against you. So it's, you know, that's one of the drawbacks of being so engaging with your life on social media. Because if I go, you know, if I have a if I, if I have an addiction to Five Guys and I'm going to Five Guys two to three times a week and I'm IG live from Five Guys and I'm shooting my picture from, like, oh, today I'm having my double-double, you know, if I'm doing that, um, guess what? On Thursday when I go get my double-double, um, Ben, who wants to know me a little bit better, might be there looking for me, waiting to say hello. <laughs> I just have to keep that in my mind, knowing that. And I think more people need to, you know, have that cognition and just be more present and aware of that. Absolutely. I definitely have. Remember when Foursquare was out and Foursquare was connected to my phone? It used to automatically update when I would go places. So it would say I'm at Walmart on Washington Boulevard in Baltimore, Maryland, and I would be like, how the fuck do people know I was here? And it was Foursquare. Automatically connected and it automatically You know how I remember? Because <laughs> you were also visiting New York, um, and um, your Foursquare had updated while you were here and shooting in Brooklyn, and someone else had Foursquare and IG, and, autom- and um, the IG tagging, geomapping option was on, and the person shot a picture and said shooting and then geotagged the motherfucker hotel that y'all was shooting at and the hotel threw you out. I remember. Do you remember that? Yep, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that oh well. media and she was like goes blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, yo, you were putting too much information on there. Had you not put that we were shooting porn or that we were shooting at all and just put I'm you know, I'm here doing my thing, you know what I'm saying? Like it wouldn't have been a big deal, but the fact that you put that you were shooting porn inside their hotel and it deal And then tag. tagged the hotel. <laughs> Checking out. That was, 
That is so funny that you brought that up. I actually had a situation where I was in Orlando with Mimi Mellons and Jenna Devine, and we went to Applebee's to eat. And I had checked in on Foursquare, and don't you know, a fan went to Applebee's, was sitting at the bar, and was tweeting me about, you look very nice in that top, or I don't remember, he said something, and he was like, it's good to see you, or something, and I was like, what are you talking about? I freaked out and went to <laughs> and I'm sitting in the stall, like, I don't even want to come out of the bathroom, because I'm like, this is mad awkward. And, you know, I guess he should have just been like, hey, he should have played it off like he had already been there and just happened to notice that I was there, but he made it very awkward because mm-hmm. you came here specifically to see me. And I was like, a part of me was flattered and another part of me was petrified, like, you know, this is weird. Way to make this awkward. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, it's up, and, it, and it upset me that, you know, men have the ability to and have that power to make us feel insecure like that, like so, like fear for our safety, but, you know, I have to urge all you women, you cannot live in that fear. You have to push through it. If that means going to the motherfucking police, if that means, you know, having to change your schedule, if that means having to get hood retribution, like in my case, you know, you got to do what's right for you. And, um, yeah, you got to do what's right for you. Absolutely. So we're going to finalize the topic by saying do not do not duplicate the actions taken by Mr. Pimpster Stick. <laughs> right. Do not do that. We are I'm definitely not advocating that. This is my situation and um this is how I handle my situation. But I suggest encountering any type of issue like this involve law enforcement as soon as you possibly can. So the next topic that I want to talk about is the very highly anticipated release this weekend of Black Panther. Yes, I'm so mad that I'm not there right now. Well, I think we should go I'm thinking I might sneak out and go see it real late, like a midnight show. I'm thinking. No, come and see it when we when you get here. Yeah, I could do that too. We could still see it. I just, you know, don't want to be like everybody else. I just don't want to be waiting. I want to see it now. Oh my God, you're so impatient. So the reason why I, know. I bring it is because it is supposed to be um, Marvel's highest anticipated release because it it, it shows um, African Americans in. Powerful and um, it's just never well, been it's done. Marvel's richest character, just so we just let's just put that out there. It's for the first black character. It's Marvel's richest character. So we just blew Tony Stark's and his million billions out of the water with you know our Prince of Wakanda, and we're taking it back to the motherland of Africa. So it's just it's so many things that are just prolific about the Black Panther character that, you know, triggers so much excitement from everyone, especially uh, the the black community, you know, across the world. You know, this is, this is empowering. This is great. This is, you know, to see, a, to see someone that looks like me um, per, uh, portrayed in such a high stature, um, you know, just, yeah, it's just exciting. It's just exciting. 
So um, me and my and other uh, Black Americans or Black people across the world are coming out this weekend and spending that money. So I want to spend some money this weekend on Black Panther, and I want to spend some money next weekend. So let me do that too. <laughs> She said, let me do that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really excited about it um, for multiple reasons, like definitely for the, um, the impact that it has from the African-American community, but also from the standpoint of Marvel because it's a different storyline. Everything with Marvel goes around, you know, the very popular comics and, like, that shit's getting old. Like, how many more Superman movies are you going to make? How many more Spider-Man movies are you going to make? Like, and I'm a big person. Like, I get stuck on a particular actor, like a character, and when you change that actor, I lose all interest. It is rare that you get me back as, you know, as a, as a fan when you change the characters. And obviously when you've done ten different Superman movies and a couple of them have died, obviously you can't use the same actor. But I'm excited because I like that this is going in, a, in another direction because we're starting to see that women are becoming, you know, more of the, um, of the storyline. And now this whole movement with having, you know, Black Panther represent such a, a powerful and a deep message, like I'm excited about that. That to me is, is definitely um, a sign of the times. So I'm, I want to go see it for sure. Oh, we we gonna see it. Like I said, I think I'm gonna sneak out tonight and see it, and then I'll um, then we could go see it together too. All right. I don't like that. Finding that, but I mean, you're you are Mistress Pimpster's thick, and you're gonna do what you do. So <laughs> don't tell me about it. If you guys are listening, um, you know you I are, won't. You can either text us or call us at seven zero two. Six two three three nine five nine. Have you seen the movie? Tell us what you have seen or what you're not. Don't tell us about the movie. Don't don't give us any spoilers. But give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down or tell us what you liked or didn't like about it. But we want to hear about Black Panther because um, we haven't gone to see it yet and um, we're definitely interested. So if you have any, uh, you can even shoot us a text. The line is not just a call-in number; it's also a text line. So. If you want to do a shout-out, make a request, ask a question, or just tell us to fuck off, you can do that too. And we'll play it live on the air. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back for the last half of Platinum Pussy Radio. Um, Thick, just because we probably will get to talking, and um, I want to make sure we get your plugs in. Go ahead and give your plugs. Oh, so, yes, you can find me on my social media. So my Twitter is Mistress Thick. My Snapchat is Mistress Thick. My IG is Pimstress Thick. My websites are HePaysThick.com, MistressThick.com, and PimstressMistress.com. So, um, yeah, you guys can catch me on my social media, some of my websites. And um, this was fun. I love this. I had a good time. Differ and uh I guess I'll hang up now and let you finish out and wrap up the show because I, I know we could get to talking oh, no. and you'll go over. <laughs> no, you stick around. I just wanted to make sure you got your plugs in before we uh, got to talking and forgot about it. You can't go nowhere. You're still my hostage. Oh, 
Okay, okay. Look at you trying to break away. <laughs> Hold on, we got a caller. Hold up. You are live on Platinum Pussy Radio and Mr. Pimpster Stick. What's happening? Hey, what's going on? Nothing, just listening to the show, loving it. Yeah? Okay. Do you want to tell, yeah. tell us your name? Mike. Mike? And where are you calling uh, us from, Mike? From L.A. L.A.? Oh. Have you seen Black Panther? So, yeah, I saw it last night. How was it? Shit was off the chain. I thought it was good as hell. I was worried about the hype when I was coming into it. But once I got in there, I was all locked in. I think it's the best movie I Excellent. saw this year, and I'm not even superhero movies. Really? That's what's up. I like to hear that, Mike. Mike, I want to ask you, are you a stalker, or have you ever stalked a woman or either uh, given her of your affections when they were unwanted? Nah, never. I mean, you know, I ran... <laughs> I ran the chase before to try to, you know, uh, persuade a woman to be with me, and it always works, so no need to stop. Okay. Okay, so you have had the gift of gab to kind of work your way into the situation with the woman, and it's never had to result for you stalking her. Thus far, yes, it, yep. Okay. <laughs> what do you think about, what do, do you think do, about guys do women ever that do that? My question have you ever stalked a man? What did you say? Have nah. you ever stalked a man? You know why? You know, we don't have to stalk you because we have the pussy. It's you guys that are always on the hunt. We're always that's, on the hunt for it. Like, that's not sick. You and I both know some females that are mad motherfucking stalkers. But that's that's a love stalk. So they've been with this person. They broke up with the guy. And now I can't see you with nobody else. I can't let you have no happiness. That's That's stalking then. Yes. But, see, okay, so you're right. So let's say women stalk the familiar and men stalk the unfamiliar. That's true. But you guys do have to put humans on. That is a fair in life. Oh, my God. Exactly. And you and you and as soon as you know the pussy is there, you go running for it. You're like, <laughs> can't and lie. So you're to... right. Can't... Go ahead, Mike. Oh no, I was just saying you can't lie. You're right. When you're right, you're right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm right, a set pussy locked in. I you like what this I'm a... caller. He's funny. Yeah, he is funny. I stock food. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a food stocker. But thank you for your review on on Black Panther, and thank you for your comments on the topic of the subject matter because it was it's good to hear a guy's perspective on you know things sometimes. We don't always want to hear your perspective, but it was welcome in this instance. Absolutely. No problem. Have a good night. You too. Good night, Mike. Right. <laughs> Funny. So let me tell you when – so I got this um, Himalayan salt rock lamp, right? 
And um, one of my fans bought it for me off of my wish list, and I was so excited to get it because it's supposed to be like a mood changer, and it's supposed to change, like, the energy. It puts out negative ions and all this kind of shit. So I was like, fuck it. Let's see if it, I'll put it on my wish list, and if someone buys it, then I'll just see what it's like. So it did such a great job of giving me energy that I developed insomnia. And I got on this, like, focus and was working so much that I had to, I don't know, it was crazy. So what would happen is I would work all day, all throughout the night, and at 5.30 in the morning when Uber Eats became available and McDonald's opened up, I would <laughs> I would stalk Uber Eats <laughs> for some uh, McDonald's uh, uh. so I could get some breakfast, and then I would keep working. Mm, mm, mm. That is a so goddamn shame. Apparently they don't deliver on the weekend. I don't know. It, McDonald's didn't. It wasn't but available. You, but you know this because you stalk them. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> Sunday, I go to, you know, it's 6, 630. I'm like, fuck, I'm still up, and I don't want to go to sleep. Like, I've got all these things going, and I'm blogging, and I've got my radio show stuff that I'm working on, and I'm editing, and I'm camming, and I'm making money, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go to sleep yet. I'm going to keep going. So let me order some breakfast. I get on Uber Eats, and nothing opened up till 10 o'clock in the morning. McDonald's was not available. It was not an option. And I was, like, stalking, like, dude, how many times do I hit refresh before something becomes available? Yo, crazy. I know it's different kind of stalking, but I'm just saying, like, I had a little obsessive moment over some food because the bitch was hungry. Mm, mm, mm. So now we're going to play that commercial we were going to Thank you for calling in, Mike. That was awesome. Like, I love hearing from different people. I like having a difference of, an, of opinion, even when it is not what I agree with. I like having that debate and seeing things from a different perspective. And just, you know, it's usually an, a realization and an eye-opener that just because I feel something or think something that doesn't mean everybody else thinks and feels the same way. So it is definitely appreciated. So let's take this little break, and then we'll be back to finish out our last half, the last, the fourth quarter of Platinum Pussy Radio with guest host. Mistress Eck. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Platinum Pussy Radio. 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 You're listening to Platinum Pussy Radio.
we're back. Yes, welcome back. Welcome back. I like the the, the theme and the music. Everything is like I'm watching you. I always feel like somebody <laughs> watching me. You still when we came up with the topic, I just like rolled with it, and it came naturally. It was like, let me get music. I try to do music that's like in theme with what we're talking about, and um, this was a little bit more difficult because when you look up soccer songs, it gives you like themes to TV shows, and like it was. And then I remember I was like, Mariah Carey had that song, and then I was like, Eminem's got that song, Stand, and then. On YouTube, it showed Hall and Oates. So, you know, I, I don't care. I like all different kinds of music. So I was like, hmm, this is interesting. We'll play some songs that definitely. And then, you know, Somebody's Watching Me is, like, classic. You um you forgot that song. Every move you make, every breath you take, I'll be watching you. <laughs> It was on there. I found this thing. It was called 10 of um, – there were videos on there that I didn't even realize were stalker songs, like that song Delilah. Hello, Delilah. Da, da, you're so beautiful. Da, da, that song is a, about – it's a stalker song. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> There's a song by Sarah McLaughlin. It had, like, the 10 top stalker songs that you probably didn't even know were about stalking. And, um, matter of fact, let me see if I can find it and, and I'll tell you some of the other songs. Cause I mean, it was, some of the music is music I don't listen, I, I've never heard before. So I didn't, I didn't know, um, what they were. Like I, I didn't recognize them, but, um, oh, then there's, um, Taylor Swift did a song. Um, let me turn that off. <laughs> Taylor Swift did that song. Um, what else do they have on here? They have um, Lana Del Rey, Serial Killer. That's when stalking goes too far. Yep, The Police, Every Breath You Take. Um, there's a song called Love You to Death. <laughs> Kylie Minogue, Can't Get You Out of My Head. I don't know. I don't really think that's a stalker song. I just, I don't know. Maybe I have to listen to the words of it. Um, Tainted Love. I didn't think about that one. <laughs> a lot of this is like alternative music. So Alanis Morissette, you ought to know. Yes! Yeah, I would have to say uh, Tainted Love is a stalker song. Yes! Yeah, I'm just you thinking of know. the words in my head. Yes, I. You know what? And oh, Beyonce and Jay Z. What? I don't know about that one. Lady Gaga, paparazzi. They're like the ultimate stalkers. What? What Beyonce and Jay Z song? Crazy in Love. Uh, I guess it I is. Think- I guess it's a happy stalker song, but I don't think it's. Because she's saying she's crazy in love. Like, if you listen to what she's saying, how crazy she is over J.J. If you were going to pick anything, I think it would be, like, Lemonade. <laughs> if Beyonce had a stalker song, it would be, like, Lemonade. Because in that video, she was fucking shit up. She was definitely fucking shit up. Let's see. Um, 
Taylor Swift actually has a lot of them on here. It's Better Than Revenge. Yeah, Delilah Tom Jones. Um, let's see, what else do we have on here? Uh, Evanescence Haunted. I don't know the words to that song, so. Some of these names of these groups and the songs are kind of weird. Blondie, one way or another, I'm going to get you. I guess that is a soccer song. I never thought about it like that. I'm going to get you, get you, get you, get you one way or another. This is an interesting list. The fact that this chick has 179 stalker songs, and that's the name of the, the playlist on YouTube, stalker songs, 179 videos. And the name of the song is um, Possession, Sarah McLaughlin, Possession. Oh, you are <laughs> not on the phone anymore. Her battery died. Now I'm just talking to myself. What the fuck? Well, let me, for, without further ado, make sure I give my shout-out to Gulf Coast Bala, and I'll go ahead and play his song real quick while we wrap up and I lose my co-host. I'm going to cry. Woo-hoo. If I had sound effects, I would totally have, like, a baby crying right now. So, um... And then I have an important date after this with uh, a sexy voice who wants to show me his dick. (laughs) Oh, my God. I have no sense, y'all, no sense. But without further ado, Gulf Coast Bala work. Short dance will take a girl far. So go on, shake it for me like your own world star. A Dodge truck won't get you in a Range Rover, so baby, bend over. Baby, bend over. Yeah. From the pole to the dance floor. I hope these dollar bills make you do your dance more. I've been working out, hoping I can work it in. Loading up my luck, you gon' get this work again. Two, two drinks, two pills. Be mindful, it's a double deck, and I'm harder than the tree, so I'm a Woody Wood pick, yeah. <laughs> I beat a beat it, that's all, folks. Trying to see if I'm hung, you gon' get choked all rope. And I don't care if you got booty shots, long as that booty poppin'. Once you get that booty going, don't you let that booty stop. You're my favorite dancer, Mazzani. Get out my money, she do everything. Long black hair down her 
like she's Cherokee. Loving the way she twists her hips, Shakira, Shakira. Practice make perfect, bet you talk yourself that in the mirror. I can't believe it's not butter, the way she spread it. It's so pretty, pink like breast cancer awareness. Let me see your chest, sweet, it's for me, rub on your nuts. Like breastfeeding, I'm a sucker for this. It's honey, up in Onyx on the main stage. When I top up with my tomahawk, I'm Atlanta Bray. Some of them might not be cute, but a butt bubbly. All that ass on the reason why she ain't ugly. Use a 10, you my speed, that's why you hire. The lazy partners like a 10 speed, too tired. You better, you better. Why you think you got high? Be pretty, but actually did it. You only get a dollar at a time, like the two feds. I make it rain, I don't group it, get flirting. I got people picking up paper like I'm running for service. Cause I'm richer than him, and I'm really than you. I'm so mad we're killing my nigga, but if we live in this, I'll be feeling it. Every fit of me too, black, my and a strip club. Giggity, giggity, giggity. I know why you mad. Your bank account say insufficient funds. My bank call up with the gunbuck song. Get high, y'all. Like, hello. I stick it to the script like lint on metal. Who's going to be stripping, but you talking about what your baby daddy did? All on your phone, show me pictures of your kids. Listen. You better, work, you better, work. Why you think you got high? There we go. We're back. Plot and Pudgy Radio. You just heard Gulf Coast Bala work from the soundtrack of Boo to Tyler Perry's uh, sequel to the movie Boo. And um, oh my gosh, lost my co-host. But I do have somebody that has called in that wants to talk about our topic tonight: stalkerism. Hello, you're live on Plot and Radio. Uh, hello. Hi, how are you? Can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? Oh yeah, I just I, I I'm getting like a weird feedback. Yeah, this is uh Papa Diesel calling. Uh I just uh saw that you guys had the sh- uh, show going and I was wondering what is the difference between a stalker and an actual like hardcore fan? Stalker and a hardcore fan. You know, I don't know that there is a difference. <laughs> there isn't a difference? I mean, yeah, I mean, you have hardcore fans, but um, you also have people that, I think the difference would be a hardcore fan, you can be a fan and you can be, like, totally um, supportive of somebody. 
when that excessive contact or when, you know, when a, when a person expresses that, okay, like you're showing up to events, um, private events, or, you know, you show up to a restaurant and you invade my privacy and that person expresses, like, let's say I'm the star. <laughs> family and you're like oh hey platinum pussy and I'm like yo like this is not the time the place or the situation you know like you know I don't want maybe my kids or you know whoever I'm with knowing my stage name or or you know what I mean like it's their time so I think okay. that's when becomes stalking is when you're notified like okay that first incident happened and we're going to chalk it up as you just didn't know any better you know it was a, a chance meeting that you happen to be at the know, but when it happens again, it becomes stalking. When you make it a point to be at the same place at the same time that I'm there and continually pursue being in my presence when I've already expressed that I'm uncomfortable with this interaction. So, you know, and that's why a lot of stars don't go to like Exotica or AVN or those types of conventions because they don't want to be in a situation where comfortable or awkward interaction with fans, some models are ju- some porn stars are just not fan friendly because they're socially awkward. They don't have that social um, the same capability. So, you know, I understand, but I think that's where you draw the line from hardcore fans to talking unwanted. Okay, that explains it all. I mean, it's because it's kind of messed up because I've been a fan of you for, I don't know, maybe the last maybe four to five years, and I've been following you on all of my social media. And, I mean, I, I hope I never came off creepy because I make sure not to say anything like awkward or weird just in comments and stuff like that. I try not to inbox anybody, don't send any infamous D pics, anything like that. You know, I've never been to any one of your uh, shows or any uh, AVN events but uh, I've definitely followed you. Uh, I've seen some. I've seen some of your work, but I kind of liked your character or your personality, should I say, on uh, the internet. So I've been following you for years, and you seem like a, a cool person, like in real life, beyond just you know everything that you do in entertainment. So I mean, I hope that I, I, I would not come off as one of those guys. But I know just even you know from you know dealing with uh, guys who. Uh, patron strip clubs and just the regular guys at the bar like you know people can come off pretty creepy and you know I see it myself and that's definitely like a no no like if you want to be seen as a guy who is desirable in any form you don't come off like that because that's you know me you know you get the quick thumbs down and you'll never you know be uh, able to you know you know uh, uh, set foot in a situation or even, you know, give a chance to actually speak to someone because you're already like, you're automatically like, you know, red flagged as the bad guy. So, you know, I do my best not to come off as a creep, but yeah, I wanted to call in and uh, ask that question. You know, uh, you told me that I can drop my, uh, my uh, info, you know, it's a uh, Papa Diesel. I am Papa Diesel in one word, P-A-P-A-D-Y-Z-E-L. You can find me on social media, you know, haven't actually been doing what I, I, I'm used to because I've been trying to get some businesses off the ground, dealing in some real estate and stuff. I was in New York uh, last year. At the end of the year, I went and moved to Orlando, and right now I'm in South Carolina moving around. So I'm doing 
my small thing, nothing close to what you're doing, but, you know, I had to stop on the side of the road because, you know, I saw you were uh, online, so I figured I'd pull over, and I'm actually pulled over right now, and I got out so I can actually make this phone call. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And you know what? I wanted to say thank you for being a long-time yeah. fan, and um, I'm just being myself. Like, honestly, I just incorporated the best parts of me. I mean, there's there's times that I'm just a nerd. I just like to game, and or I just like to do nerdy shit on the computer. But you know, ultimately, my personality is just me being me, and that means you know I must not have a bad personality. And um, I hope that you'll stay around for many years to come. Yeah, I'm doing my best. Actually, um, I, I I wasn't for the changeover, but I, I saw something recently that you're not doing the uh, the uh, BBW Cam House thing anymore, and I was I was just wondering why because I, I guess I've been out of the loop for like about a few months when I was in New York. Um, I'm not doing the Cam House anymore because I've um, I'm working on some different uh, you know some other projects right now. Um, I gave Cam House four undivided four years of undivided attention and you know focused on it for so long that my own personal branding kind of became the Cam House and um, I am in a place where I really enjoy the solo stuff. Like I like depending on myself. I like interacting with myself. I like playing with myself. I like camming. And that's just where I'm at right now. Um, you know, no pun. Damn. First and foremost, I want to thank anyone who was ever a part of BBW Cam House, whether we're cool anymore or not. Everyone was active in helping the Cam House become what it was. Um, so I, I do want to say that. But, yeah, I just I needed my privacy in, in, to, you know, ch- start working on something else. Like everything has a shelf life. And the shelf yeah. life for the camp, it may come back if, you know, I might do, um, someone suggested like a, a Indiegogo or a, some sort of like GoFundMe or, you know, raise money. And if we raise enough money where it seems like enough people would be interested in getting the project back, then I might consider it. But, you know, I just, I dumped a lot of time, effort and money and passion into that project. And at the end of the day, um, it just it had reached its ultimate high for me. Like it, I started losing my passion for it, and the problems that were coming out of it were a little bit um, a little bit too much. So it was it was time to move on and, and start working on focusing on myself. So yeah, I, I know it had to be like a lot of situations because um, like it, like I remember you saying like you made a post that you like you you bought the house and you like put everything into it and I owned a house when I was in New York and I know how how that is just to you know just dealing in, in, in real estate but you just did that as like a whole project so that had to take like a lot of energy and a lot of time it must have been like crazy just looking at just, just seeing like a few days worth of that, of that footage was kind of like wow she was like twenty four hours. Well, you know what? It was it was a whole lot of stuff without going into the semantics and the the details and complaining. I don't want I don't, I don't want to turn it into a complaint thing and I didn't stop doing a cam house because of any bad relationships or anything like that. Like it had just came to a time where um some of the girls, you know, had left, other girls were leaving to move on to, you know, different parts of their life and and evolving into you know, transitioning to different stages of their life. And living on camera 24-7 is a lot of pressure. So Yeah, and like you said, it had this, it had this 
so you know, I guess everybody, you know, it 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 did what it needed to do for this for the time. I'm I'm sure. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was historical. It was the first of its kind. There was there has never been a BBW live warehouse ever, and there may never be another one. I hope that there is, and I hope that you know the BBW genre can fix what's broken and you know get back on track with what we're supposed to be doing, which is entertaining the fans. But, you know, in the meantime, between time, I'm just not, I'm not a part of it. I don't want to be involved and I'm just doing my thing. And my objective and goals are to entertain my fans and create better content and just, you know, do stuff that's more in line with what I like. So, that's all I can do. Yeah, I, and, and and I see that you're into gaming and stuff, so it's a little you know a, a little different than what you were doing at the camp house. But um, I want to I, I just want to ask one last question because I saw you made a a, a a post and it said that you were retired. Like I I I mean I see you do like you know the private shows and some other things, and it's like you're retired, like just completely done, and you're just doing the uh, radio now, or is it like completely like no more platinum pussy anywhere? As far as like, you know, footage like like you know, recording like you know, movie scenes, because you said yourself that you had retired, and so I was just kind of wondering because I know you're busy, you don't get a chance to answer everyone's questions. I see that you, that you try because I always get a response online, but that's my question basically. It's like, are you officially retired as of now? No. Let me let me explain what retired means. For me, retired means I am no longer shooting hardcore porn. I am not doing boy-girl porn. I am not doing um, girl-girl. I might do, like, a soft, sensual makeout, but when it comes to, like, actual porn, I am not shooting any type of um, penetration unless it's, you know, toys. So all I mean is, you know, I might – I have a sex doll, so I might fuck my sex doll. I have toys, I might fuck my toys. But when it comes to like male talent or female talent, I'm really, really not doing any of that anymore. And I hadn't been for a while. I had stopped doing it for a while, but I had to announce my retirement because a lot of people were confused and were trying to book me and thought that I was being a bitch by declining their offer. And it wasn't that I was being a bitch, it was just that you know, I am no longer shooting that type of content, so I'm declining because I'm not interested and not available. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just, so you can just do anything. things like photo shoots and anything, and like, you know, basically like, you know, um, uh, what do they call those? Uh, I'm thinking cameo, but that's not the word that you know that comes to mind. But you're basically making like appearances and stuff like that. You can do the, you you would do that kind of stuff, but you are definitely not doing any more. Uh, "Quote unquote sex scenes." No, I am not doing any more "quote unquote" sex scenes. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to be as politically correct as possible. I'm probably you know uh, bumbling all over the place. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm just trying to make it easier. I'm trying to make it easier for you because I probably you know I'm probably asking all the wrong questions, but I'm asking some questions that you know I I thought of and I was actually curious. You know, over the past at, at least two weeks, honestly, those two questions that I asked up as far as are you retiring and what exactly happened to the BBW camp house because that was like real world BBW porn and it was like it was it it was nothing that had ever 
that I'd, I'd ever seen or heard of before. And so you're kind of like you, you've made waves in the industry and I'm sure people will remember your name. The first time I ever heard your name, I was like, who is this chick? And I had to follow you. That was like on Instagram in like 2000, I think 12 or 13. It was a while back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the name was a great, um, that was a great marketing um, decision, but as far as me, I'm still doing everything that I was doing before. I'm still available for cam shows. I'm still available to do um, custom videos and photos. I'm still available as I was before. The only change is that I don't shoot any type of sex scenes. I, and for my own personal reasons, and I'm glad that you asked, actually, because it's a common question. A lot of people want to know why did I say that I was retired when I'm still active in the sex industry? And it's not that I've retired from the sex industry. I retired from a certain aspect of the sex industry. So, and that the reason why is a whole other topic, a show topic for another time, another date. But, um, yeah, I I just don't shoot any more sex scenes with live people. (laughs) I shoot with my sex doll named Victor and my dildo named Evan (laughs) <laughs> and my other like those are those are my those are my talent now. I don't have to worry about STDs. I don't have to worry about the inability to get hard and not be able to perform. I don't have to worry about attitude. I don't have to worry about poor hygiene. I don't have to worry about two two five seven forms. Like I eliminate ninety five percent of the problems that that you experience as an amateur independent producer in the sex industry. So um, it's just simplified for me. And not only that, but reliability, like, you know, it was becoming an issue when you would book, book a scene with somebody and they wouldn't show up or they'd show up late or they'd show up high or they'd show up, you know, with a bad attitude. And just it, there's too many variables that make, you know, shooting porn. Like there are so many things that have to be aligned in order for that scene to be so good. And I just don't like <laughs> I don't like too many things to present problems and issues. It becomes stressful. So I was like, fuck it. We're going to eliminate all of that shit, and I'm going to fuck with sex dolls and toys. And that's just going to be easier for me because I can shoot whenever I want. So if at 4 o'clock in the morning I get a hair up my ass and decide I want to choke on a dildo and have it squirt in my face because I have a squirting dildo, then gr- so be it. At 4 o'clock in the morning, I'll Go, Evan. <laughs> I had an ex-girlfriend who had a uh, vibrator. She and her vibrator, Vinny. Vinny the vibrator. Like, oh, man, that brings back memories. Evan, like Evan Almighty. <laughs> <laughs> so, definitely. Well, thank well, you so much for calling in. So, and um, yeah, I'm it was go nice ahead speaking and... to you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. Uh, all right, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for having Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut him off. But, um, yep, we're going to finish out our last minute. You're listening to PlatinumPussyRadio.com. You can find me every Saturday night right here on PlatinumPussyRadio.com, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am thinking and considering about adding an additional date and time. I would love for you to text the line 702-623-3959 with your comments on when you think would be a good day and time. Text me about topics. Make song requests. Um, Whatever it is that you want to share with me, um, that text line is 24-7. You can send it any time. Or you can feel free to 
hit us up on um, Twitter, Platinum P Radio, Instagram, Platinum Pussy Radio, and of course, always PlatinumPussyRadio.com. Good night.